In this season of I Am, we'll be going through this journey we call life together. We're going to laugh, smile, and share crazy experiences. We're going to get mad, complain, and probably even cry. But most importantly, we're going to grow through sharing our experiences and having beautifully black conversations. So let's get into it. I'd like to first send out a prayer. You can choose to dedicate it to whoever you consider God in your life. God, I thank you for allowing me to draw breath on this earth for another day. God, I thank you for another opportunity to enjoy life and to improve the lives of those around me. God, I ask that you guide my thoughts and my actions. Do your work through me and clear the path for your will to be done in me. God, I humbly ask for peace and clarity. God, I ask for wisdom and humility. And I ask for my character and love to be a reflection of you. I love you and I thank you, God. Amen. Hey y'all, I am so happy to be back. I missed y'all like crazy. I didn't know this podcast in a way was kind of like therapy for me. I knew I wanted it to be a kind of relief for my listeners just so we can grow and heal together. But y'all, it was definitely an outlet for me too. And I appreciate everyone who listened last season. The episodes are still available. If you didn't watch them, listen to them. We talked relationships, college life, life skills, even black history, y'all. I mean, we got into it. So if you have time, you should definitely go check those episodes out. But this season is a new. We are starting season two today on the first of the month. I'm so glad y'all are tuning in. I really just wanted to catch you guys up on everything that's been happening lately. If you follow me on social media, you may or may not notice that I have not been posting as much. And when I do, it's a little different than my usual. In a sense, life has been kicking my butt. Okay? I mean, back to back to back. And, you know, in a way, it was hard and it did hurt for a while, but just learned so much so I thought that'd be a good way to bring us in to this new season just to kind of show y'all that life isn't always pretty on my side and just kind of explain how I've been growing and healing through it all earlier in the summer probably in late June because around the time when everybody's getting settled in the summer they booking their flights or probably taking them by the end And I was taking a flight, too, but it was to Panama, like Central America, Panama, because my grandmother died. Yeah, heavy, heavy stuff. I mean, right after the spring semester ended, I had about three or four weeks of chill. And maybe not even that, because I was still taking my last few classes at college. So had to fly down to Panama while still taking college courses and honestly that experience I don't think it really hit me when it was happening I don't know if anybody can attest to this but when somebody 
close to me passes, grieving is not easy. I don't even think I cried, you know? And while I was there, I felt like more of a support system for everybody else. And in the moment, that felt good, you know, being there for your family, hearing all the stories, going through the motions. It felt good to be there. And I didn't realize probably until now that that kind of stuff builds up. (laughs) One of my cousins, he summarized it beautifully when it comes to how you cope with things when you're going through them. He said it's like a cup and you keep pouring into that cup and you probably don't feel anything when you're first filling that cup. But after time passes and things happen, that cup fills up. And shall I tell you this summer, my cup turned into a bucket and it almost overflowed. (laughs) But we got through that Panama situation. We were down there for about two weeks and I missed a lot. Um, But got back, tried to pick up where I left off in Birmingham. I had a new job, so I went back to that. And went back to my friends, went back to my college courses, finishing up on that. And everything kind of slowed down all the way up until the end of July when I literally had to pick up my entire individual adult life and move back home. Y'all, that's probably the hardest thing I've had to do in a while. Just imagine being on your own, paying your own bills, having your own job, your own freedom, your own space for four years, and then going back home to live with your parents. Just the idea of being home where you grew up, there's a lot of memories there, possible trauma there, depending on who you are. It's just a lot. That was just heavy, y'all, and I didn't really have too much help in any of this after that I probably had (laughs) a week a solid week of nothing and a couple weeks from that day I was graduating and I was commissioning into the Air Force as an officer if you didn't know (laughs) I know that might be like a bomb right but yeah I was prepping for a lot in that two-week span and I have all my stuff still in boxes a month later (laughs) but in the middle of packing up all my stuff bringing it here I was also booking hair appointments for photo shoots booking photo shoots paying for these photo shoots you know just planning the photo shoot planning the outfits oh my god that was hard (laughs) but planning all of that by myself paying for it by myself in the end the commissioning the air force stuff man y'all so the way uab works we graduate one day they don't post the grades until a week after the day we graduate so hypothetically you could cross the stage and not even be guaranteed your diploma because grades wouldn't have posted by then. And the way the commissioning with ROTC works, you have to have your degree certified. 
by the registrar's office before you can commission. So I essentially had to take all my finals early. I had to finish my classwork early enough for my certificate to be signed a week early, a week before grades were supposed to be posted. I mean, I was emailing professors, emailing the dean, emailing the registrar's office, all while still taking my classes and doing all this other stuff. It was a lot. It was a lot. I even wanted to do graduation invitations and all this stuff, but I just did not have the time. I really didn't. And on top of that, I had to take another fitness test to qualify for my commissioning. So I'm still training in the midst of all of this, working out twice a day some days, you know, most days. <laughs> like, it was just a lot in very little time. I mean, this summer was just heavy. And when I did it, when I accomplished these things, it was like the biggest weight was lifted off of my shoulders for about a week. <laughs> for about a week. Um, initially, I had given myself that week to do nothing, right? Because after a whole summer of chaos, I'm like, yeah, y'all, this is a lie. I'm going to just sit down and chill. Y'all going to have to catch me on the flip side a week from now. Literally the day at the end of that chill week. So granted, I did get that week. Because after that week, I was going to study for the MCAT again. Y'all, at the end of that week, I found out my cousin was in the hospital with kidney failure. In Atlanta. At home. It was like... I don't know if y'all have ever seen that Patrick meme when he just looks confused and the whole background is blurry. It's like he's getting caught up in whatever's happening around him. That's what it felt like. She went in. She went to Grady, by the way. And if any of y'all know about Grady, that's probably the worst hospital in the United States. Like, trash. She went in Friday and from Saturday up until the day she passed, which was a couple of days later, uh, I was in the hospital every day by her side, holding her hand. That Saturday, I was there from 12 to 8, holding my cousin's hand, talking to my family that I haven't seen in years, by the way. So I'm also getting caught up on everyone's lives, seeing new babies that popped out and hearing about family drama that I didn't even know existed, people getting married, people getting divorced, people moving, you know, a whole weekend and some change of just new information, people pouring into me, good stuff, bad stuff, sad stuff, I mean, heavy stuff all while watching my family member pass away. I mean, it was it was hard. It was really hard. And I don't want to take away from any of my family members at all because I know they're a lot closer to each other than I've had the privilege to be these past few years. But 
it was just a lot mentally and like I said when I'm in the midst of things it really doesn't feel like that to me it just feels like I'm supporting I'm loving the people that I'm around and I'm just being there I'm being where I need to be at the right time that's what it feels like in the moment for me but when I go home or I get in my car and everything settles into my head that stuff hurts <laughs> it hurts I mean for me it was really just letting everything settle and process that's when it felt the worst and I know for a lot of people when you get to that point when things start processing and settling that's usually when you get to your more unhealthy coping mechanisms you know smoking or drinking or going out or sending that text to your special somebody to help you get your mind off of everything but I chose to really sit in it <laughs> I sat in that pain and that anxiety and I sat in it for a day sat in it for the next day and the next day and eventually I realized I was sitting in it so long that I didn't get up. I literally physically couldn't pull myself out of bed by the end of the next week. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm depressed. It went from just processing pain to taking it on. The healthier thing to do is to process, understand, take lessons out, and release it. You know, release that pain, let it go. Because what happened, happened. You can't take it back, can't go back. It is what it is. But I caught myself thinking things like, you know, there's so much lost time. There's so many things that I missed out on. I could have hung out with her more. I could have called her more. There's just so much that I wasn't there for. Or even the hospital mishandled her and ultimately led to her death, but I'm not gonna get into it because I don't know the legalities around that. But if you know me, you know I wanna be a doctor. I wanna be a doctor and, you know, just seeing the doctors not do what they needed to do to save her life. They didn't even try, y'all. They didn't treat her until it was already too late. And seeing that and thinking, that's going to be my job. I wish it was my job. I wish I knew enough and had already gone through the processes and the schooling to be able to have her in my care to save her life, but I couldn't. And the thought that one day, that's going to be my responsibility for another family. And if I make a mistake or if I don't stay up that extra hour at night, to study and to look over the notes and make the calls and do what I need to do to make sure my patients are taken care of. I might have to have a tough conversation like they had to have with my family and say, hey, there's nothing else we can do. The thought of having to do that, it weighed heavy on me. 
not because I was scared of it, not because I didn't think I was capable of making the right decisions, but just the thought of it, just putting myself in that room, in that position, it was weighing heavy. It was weighing so heavy on me. And I sat in my room. She was in the hospital Friday. She passed by the beginning of the next week. The next Friday, I sat in my bed the entire day. I couldn't get up. I could not get up. I cried a little bit, went downstairs, ate a little bit. I didn't even go to the gym. I love the gym. I love working out. I couldn't even pull myself up to do that. Saturday came around. Still down, still not really moving around, still cutting off communications with people who I knew could make me feel better. Honestly, the only person that I wanted to talk to was my sister. I'll say people. The only people I wanted to talk to was my sister, my little brother, and my best friend, Asia. Because anything anyone else said was either too much for me or not enough. Sunday comes around. And you know, that's the day of revival, y'all. Through all this, I was still praying and I was still listening to gospel. To be completely transparent, I had given up on devotionals. I watched devotionals every morning, usually, but I had stopped that. Somehow I convinced myself that stuff would not help me. It was a waste of my time. I'd rather just go back to sleep, wake up as late as possible, eat as little as possible, and just go right back to sleep. But Sunday came around, and if you follow me on social media, you're my close friends, I let y'all know I got out of bed. I went to church. It wasn't the best service by any means. Tuned in online to Rock City, my church back in Birmingham, and it kind of put things into perspective for me. I realized a few things. At that time, I hadn't really realized I was depressed. Of course, now looking back, I know. But at that time, I was just like, I'm just going through the emotions. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to not be motivated I'm allowed to get a little lazy but I realized I had done it for a whole week and that was the week I was supposed to be studying for the MCAT I had allowed my emotions and my feelings to become a physical hindrance of progress I was depressed something that came into perspective for me was that the moment you give up on things that bring you joy, that bring you happiness, that keep you focused, that should be like a red flag for life. We always talk about red flags for relationships. That is a red flag for life. When you give up on those things that matter to you the most, when you isolate yourself, when you lean into those things that are unhealthy but bring you temporary happiness, that's a red flag. That's not good. 
that's when you should call for help. <laughs> that's when you should get up and say, okay, something's really wrong here. And that's what I did. I realized something was really wrong. And so I really took the time to actually process how I was feeling. Not just to say I was processing because I'm crying, but no, to actually sit down and look at the root of everything. And I really didn't know how to grieve. That was my problem. I didn't know how to grieve. My grieving process in the past was just to cry one time, be okay the next day, and just stay busy. <laughs> just stay busy, go to work, go to class, call my man, whoever I'm dating at the time, and just be okay. But now that nothing's going on, I have no job, no school, no nothing to lean on, I had to face the fire. And so for me, what really helped in my grieving process is that, one, I had to learn it's never going to be easy life adulthood is never going to be easy when it's easy you're doing something wrong when you're comfortable you're probably not moving you're probably not growing you're not going anywhere nine times out of ten if it's easy you've caught yourself up in a cycle that you need to get out of quickly because when it's hard that's when you grow when it's hard, that's when you're elevating. When it's hard, that means you're focused. When you're no longer focused and you're not elevating, you're just sitting there, you're chilling. That is easy, y'all. And that's not good. <laughs> that is not good. You hear me? So get out of that. If you feel like you're coasting by right now, you're doing it wrong. Something else that I learned from me was that I had to sit down. You know, being the person that I was, you know, I was in school, in organizations, at work, with my friends, dating. I mean, just doing so much all the time. You kind of stay in a focused mode. And then as soon as you stop, it's like, what now? What is this? What do I fill my time with? It kind of put me in a state of anxiousness but really when you sit down that should be your time to recenter refocus and I just I didn't know how to do that I was scared of that so taking that time to sit down it really put a lot of these things in a perspective for me and it allowed me to really process Granted, I did sit down for too long to the point to where I'm getting depressed and I'm crying, I'm doing all these things, <laughs> but I needed that, you know, because if I didn't take that time to sit down and process, I would still be in go mode and then I wouldn't know what to do. Say if in the future, you know, I get into my career, I have kids and my mom passes. Imagine if I just sat in this or not even that. Imagine if I just kept going. And I was like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I didn't take the time to process what was actually happening around me. By the time that happened, and I'm like 30, 40 with kids and people actually depending on me, and I get serially depressed, can you imagine the ramifications of that? When I could just process it now, realize what I need in times like this now, 
it could save a lot of people, not just me, but it could save a lot of people from going through what they may go through in that circumstance. So sit down. If you like me, just sit down. When things get hard, just sit down. Call off from work. Face the fire and just sit down. It may even take telling people no, which is hard for me. I hate telling people no, but I had to do that, and I really had to sit down and realize what was happening to me. I definitely say the most important thing that I needed to process stuff was realizing that pain is a choice. Some of y'all might turn this off when you hear that. But it's true. Pain is a choice. Because every day when I woke up, I chose to stay in bed. I chose not to go to the gym. I chose not to call people back. It was a choice. In the moment, it might not feel like that. It might feel like, you know, this is what I need to be doing. This is just life. This is just how things go but no that's complacency which is still a choice so when you make the conscious decision to not heal to not process to not realize something's going on you're not growing you're not going to get anywhere you're not going to get any lessons out of that trauma you're going to stay there you're going to stay there And I had to make the conscious decision to get up, to get up, to go back and listen to my devotionals, the conscious decision to get up and go to church, to call my parents back, to reach back out to my friends who were checking on me. I had to make the choice to get better. And if anybody listening is going through something, is trying to process a trauma, process something in their past you're in a bad relationship right now anything and you're making the choice to be okay with it for now you're making the choice not to get better not to heal not to learn you're making the choice to be still and as I already said that's easy that's the easier thing to do but that's not the better thing to do So take that, put that into perspective. Like I said, it didn't take until Sunday when I kind of checked into my home church in Birmingham, Rock City. I'll link it in the description so you can get a little bit of what kind of helped me. Um, But yeah, I hope somebody listening to this can kind of relate to it and learn from it. Feel free to send me your experiences, share your experiences with me. If there's anything you want me to talk about, if you want to share a story anonymously and have me read it, I am introducing those stories to my podcast this season because we need to know that we're not the only ones going through these things. It helps. It really does. Just hearing that someone else is dealing with what you're dealing with and getting through it that's healing, that's helpful, that's guidance. And as a community, we don't do that enough. We don't talk enough. We treat depression like 
it's another feeling like it's happiness or sadness and you can just turn it on and off depression is no joke depression is no joke there's a reason why there are medications for depression and not for happiness you cannot just get rid of that by saying okay i'm happy now no you need to heal from that so as a community i really want to push healing this season and we're gonna do that together so that concludes this episode of i am i want to consider this a preliminary to the season this isn't the official first episode going forward in the future episodes i do plan on doing many bible studies not necessarily you know teaching lessons or interpretations or anything like that but just because i know christians or christianity has been giving the bible a bad rap i've taken the initiative to read the whole thing on my own and what i want to do is introduce the stories as is not necessarily bible study style you know read a scripture interpret the scripture but no just legit moses did this he did this before this happened that happened after this happened that happened that's crazy right (laughs) like i really just want to introduce the stories how they're presented because i feel like a lot of times people are turned off by spirituality because of the interpretation because somebody read genesis and the only thing that they told people about genesis was women were created from and for men that's not what that book was about (laughs) that is not what that book was about but that's what a lot of churches do that's what a lot of christians do so what i really want to do is just get into the stories as is and allow y'all to interpret for yourselves what they're supposed to mean so we're gonna start incorporating that in this season and i hope and pray that's something that you want to learn about we'll go through the whole thing if that's what y'all are interested in i'll take no breaks (laughs) i'll go from september to september if that's what it takes if that's what y'all want so yeah as always i appreciate y'all for tuning in i love y'all i appreciate y'all share with your friends mamas cousins aunties all that I love y'all.